is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Burgett. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Joining us on the telephone is our friend Sean Bolson. He joins us uh, each week on these Wednesdays, Sean. And you're enjoying a little sun in uh, sunny Florida right now, aren't you? I am. I came down here for a little bit and had my kids down uh, their little Christmas present. They came and joined me and nice. just dropped some of them back off to go home. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy a little alone time for a bit. <laughs> well, you aren't exactly alone when you're going to NFL games down there, though. There's a few people there with you. There are, yeah. <laughs> I took uh, Ethan and my daughter Libby's boyfriend to the uh, Miami Dolphin jet game on uh, Sunday. And then this next Sunday, uh, I'm going to head up to the Buccaneers Jags game. So uh yeah, kind of excited when I'm down here for a little bit. I like to catch any game I can. So uh enjoyable. Always fun to see different stadiums, different teams, different fan bases. How's the drive when you're say going down to Miami from where you are? Uh it's you know, it's right across the Everglades, so it's very boring. It's just swampland the whole way. It takes about an hour and forty minutes to get to the stadium and it, it's it's an it's a fun stadium. Uh, Miami is uh uh can be uh bit sketchy in areas so i just stay on the main roads but uh yeah the drive across is an hour and 45 and then up to tampa is about the same so you know within a couple hours it'd be just like going to a uh, vikings game but going to outdoor stadium games is much more enjoyable than going inside a dome um so yeah i kind of enjoy it yeah well especially when you got such beautiful weather down there you didn't bring your golf clubs to florida did you i did Ah, yeah, uh, let me get out a little bit here, so we'll see. Yeah, get you. You haven't played yet, though. Any golf courses? I haven't played yet because I've had uh, kids down with their families the whole time, and then Caden uh, was in New York for hockey. He flew home on Sunday, and then he came down here Sunday night. Now he goes home tomorrow. So after tomorrow, I will have uh, some time to go golf, and I lo- I'm very looking forward to it. Do you have golf courses in mind down there? Yeah, yeah. There's a whole bunch of them real close. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I'll definitely be uh, be heading right down the uh, right down the way and, and checking out a couple of. Them. Well, I'm planning on vacationing down where you are or nearby. I'll be more in Fort Myers uh, coming up for Thanksgiving next year. So I'm going to look forward to some golf course recommendations from you down there because the courses I played the last time I was down there, I'd like to try something else. I enjoyed them for the most part. But I'd, I'd like to see a little something else, so I'll have to get some recommendations from you um, for for next uh, Thanksgiving when I head down to that area. Yeah, down at Southwest. I'm super Florida. close to Fort Myers. I'm, yeah, you know, t- ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and yeah. so uh, same area. So yeah, there's so many fun courses. I really look forward to it. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, uh, I know you're in an area where it's you know probably not possible for you to even watch the wild game. I saw some of it last night. Good win for them, four to three in overtime. Uh, they did give up the tying goal late, unfortunately, um, by Brad Marchand as they got a late penalty called on him, and and that wound up costing him a power play goal there. Um, and, but then Kaprizov scores in the overtime, and he scored to give them the three to two lead initially. He seems to have come out of his shell. The uh, sacking of one coach and hiring of another has had the desired effect of waking the club up a little bit, and they played a lot better. Yeah, definitely. And it's good to see Kaprizov with a couple goals getting back on track. You know, and we always talk, they got some decent goaltending last night again. You know, they're, you know, they're not giving up five or six. Like, yeah. you know, it was a while where they're giving up five, six, seven goals a game. Yeah. You know, those aren't winnable games in the NHL. So, 
Boldy's been uh, been a lot better. Kaprizov's starting to pick up. So yeah, I mean, I think this is a really good combination for uh, trying to you know get to where we want. You know, now we're back to 500, um, and so you know we're going to need to continue to improve over the year to make you know a playoff uh, push. But um, it's a lot better than where we were just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no doubt about that. You know, uh, the difference for the NHL uh, when you're looking at standings versus NBA, NBA, NFL, or Major League Baseball is that there's more points. There's points. That's just wins and losses. So it is a little more complicated, and I think it is tougher to gain spots because teams can lose but still get a point. So even if you win, you don't get as many points on them. So uh, the Wild right now in their division are still in seventh uh, place uh, and have a ways to go uh, in order to, uh, you know, catch up with the rest of the league uh, where they're at. And uh, so I'd, I'd like to see them, you know, continue to uh, uh, do that. But it's it's not really that easy to catch up in the NHL, I don't think. It's not nearly as easy. And, and there's so many teams in between them, too, so you have to jump. You know, you might win two, three games, and you might not really move up because you got so many teams you have to jump. Yeah. Yeah, 30 points they have. Uh, right now in the last playoff spot uh, in the Western Conference with each of the three divisions getting the top three is uh, 30, let's see, 34 points. That's for Arizona. So that's only four points out of a playoff spot right now. That isn't bad. No, and right now, I mean, we're at, you think we're at 30 points in 30 games. You know, uh, play 82 games, you generally have to get to the, you know, mid-90s. Yeah. So we have plenty of room. We just have to have a better second half than we did first half. And, and uh, you know, uh, it, it is right there. The question then becomes, you know, what does that get us? We all want to get to the playoffs. We all want to move on. But, um, you know, uh, you look at some of these teams in the West, you know, we're going to really have to pick it up to make any push in the playoffs. Because, yeah. you know, just from a talent level, we haven't been there this year. Um, although we are improving, like we've talked each week, we've gotten a little bit better. So, yeah. um, yeah, get to the playoffs is goal number one. Once we're there, see what you can do, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, just get in the playoffs, see what can happen. Uh, that being said, it, it has been a recurring theme for the wild. They get in and then get beat. Would you rather see them not make the playoffs and get higher draft picks? Does that make a difference for them? Well, it's the same thing when we talk about the, uh, Vikings, you know, um, yep. I'm not a guy who would say, you know what, let's sacrifice the season just to get a draft pick. Because as you can tell from some of these picks, whether it's the NFL, the NHL, some of these high picks never pan out. So yeah. I, I have a really hard time, you know, unless you're going for the one or the two seed, uh, you know, in the, in the lottery. And in hockey, sometimes like, like Chicago did this year, you can get a generational player like Bedard yep. or a McDavid or a Crosby. Um yeah, there's no real guarantees, so I'm not willing to sacrifice uh, my money to go watch them, you know, and maybe get a good pick. Yeah. Hey, how would you like to be a, a fan of the San Jose Sharks right now? So 32 yeah. games, 32 games, their goal differential is minus 61. They're losing by nearly an average of two goals per game. That right. is some ugly hockey. That is ugly hockey, and they're going to be in the running for you know, a top pick. Now, next year, you know, from what I've heard, I mean, yeah, there's going to be high-end picks, but, you know, it's not like a generational pick next year. So here you look at the agony that their franchise and fan base is going through now, and, you know, they're going to get a young player, but, you know, is it going to make them win right away? No. Yeah. Um, It's just right now, and and they're not just getting beat, like you said. They're getting absolutely hammered. Yeah. And so that just it's not fun for anybody. And, you know, the league – 
is always going to have top and bottom teams, but nobody wants a team that's been as bad as San Jose. They started off the season, you know, what I don't even remember what it was, a 10-12 game losing streak. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, that's just really tough to deal with, and no fun for anybody involved. No. The next worst goal differential is minus 38, and that's for Chicago with Bedard, like you said, as one-star player uh, that comes up going to make that much of a difference. No, it takes more than that. It helps. It's a building block uh, to move forward. But even Chicago's the second-worst team in the NHL with the best prospect to come along in a few years in the NHL. Yeah, that's that's our point exactly. And then, yep. you know, you look at the NFL, too. We've had plenty of quarterbacks that didn't quite pan out uh, who we thought they were going to be. And so it's just really difficult to say, you know what, I'd rather see the team lose now to maybe get a better draft pick because sometimes the uh, 16 pick is better than the 7 pick. Yeah. It just matters how your organization's run, the GM, you know, uh, and, and what you are able to do in free agency, which for the next year after this, we know we're still handcuffed with the – with the Parisi and the Suter deal. So, yeah, the answer to your question is no, I wouldn't rather see us lose okay. just to uh, try to get a better pick. You're not a fan of tanking, then. You like to see him win. I like to see him win. Yeah, yep. I do too. I'm a, I'm a win now, deal with the draft later uh, kind of a guy myself. Even though it's, it's hard to be a fan of San Jose, nobody's suffering more right now. Well, maybe they aren't suffering because they're not going. Uh, the Detroit Pistons have lost 24 consecutive games in the NBA. 24 straight losses you would think that would be mathematically impossible to be that bad well and then look at the san antonio spurs yeah they got what they called a generational talent in Wembenyana, and they lost what 14 15 in a row yeah they're four and so, 22 yep yeah and, and so when you're looking at you know it's fun to get the high picks yes it is but there's very few cases that you see instant success the only one i think of is when the san antonio spurs superstar david robinson got hurt they had nothing else, and they ended up having a horrible tanking year, and they got Tim Duncan, and then for a generation, yeah, they had Duncan and yeah. Robinson the very next year, and then won the NBA title because that's a unique situation. Yeah. They were bad because they had one of the best players in the league they relied on, and he got hurt. Yeah. Not many times you see the number one pick go to a good team that wins because that's the reason the teams are generally picking first is because they are the bottom-of-the-barrel teams. Yep. Unless they made some dumb trade, you know, in their past, some point uh, where a, a a really good team had made a trade with a really bad team and wound up getting like their first Herschel one. Walker deal. That's right. Unless you find yep. a sucker out there, and there's one born every minute. Uh, so the Timberwolves have the best record in the NBA. I knew they would be better this year if they could stay healthy. I didn't see the best record of the NBA through 25 games. I did think they were a top-four team in the West, though, before the season began. I, that was my prediction with Bill and JP on the morning show. Uh, but they have, I think, surpassed almost everybody's expectations so far this year. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I've been the biggest uh, critic on Towns not liking his... Yep. Attitude, his, uh, demeanor. Attitude, yep. his, his demeanor on the court very much improved. Now, I do know that, again, I haven't been watching him from here, but Anthony Edwards was battling an injury yeah uh, you know that, that's the only thing that i see right now because this team when they put it together and you have conley playing the way he's playing gobert you know is finally who we traded for i mean he is who you know what denny greens were now he is who we thought he was gonna be, <laughs> yeah, that's right you know but uh you know uh we got to stay healthy because you know those are all integral pieces and and we've seen in the nba you can't have one good guy and win nope. i mean you need collectively with ant 
Carl Anthony Towns, Gobert, and then a, uh, you know a McDaniel's and a Conley. I mean, you need all those guys to get where you want to get. So stay healthy. The depth that the Timberwolves have is the best that they've ever had, I believe, on this yep. roster. And the Gobert trade is the one that gets all the attention. But that Conley deal, you know, to get rid of D'Angelo Russell, that wasn't working. I, I He had a terrible game in my mind. I, I don't know why they traded for him. It was to get rid of Andrew Wiggins. But I'm glad they got rid of D'Lo and then bring in Conley. And not just that, uh, but uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker also came in that trade. And he's been a terrific player, sixth man off the bench, can step right into the starting lineup when somebody is a little dinged up and can't go. He started for both uh, McDaniels and Edwards when they have missed time. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, Tim Conley has done a nice job making some moves here to put this team together. Yeah, definitely has. And right now, you know, they're an entertaining team to watch. I haven't felt this way. The other night they were behind at half. Mm-hmm. And uh, watching it was my son Ethan, and he said, hey, don't worry, they're going to be fine. And boom, come back. It, now it almost seems like, you know what, we can be down, but hey, don't worry. They're going to come back and yeah. get this. They're, I mean, they're playing at a really elite level, which is pretty fun to watch. And not something we've been accustomed to watching. No. No, It's it was not that long ago. I think about three years ago they did a study. Uh, since the Timberwolves came in, became a professional team, they're the losingest franchise in professional sport, not just in the NBA. So, no, we haven't had much of this. Sometimes it's... It's, uh, I, I feel almost uncomfortable. So I was watching the game on Monday against Miami. Good team. All their guys playing. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And they get down by 17 in the first half. And, and Tanya looks at me and she says, do we need to keep watching this? Because she'd rather not. And I said, yes, I hate to say this, but I, actually I'd love to say this. Yes, we have to keep watching because they're going to come back. I said, I don't know if they'll win, but they'll definitely make a run at this. And not only did they make a run, but they beat Jimmy Butler and Anthony Edwards late in the game. There was a loose ball at the top of the key, and Edwards and Butler are both in pursuit of the loose ball. It's on the Timberwolves' offensive uh, or defensive end of the floor. And Edwards comes over. He beats Butler to the ball by just a little bit, and then he just kind of forearms him out of the way and dribbles down the floor and throws down a massive dunk. I, I, I couldn't have loved that more. Yeah, it, it's it, it is uh, talent level and it's effort, and we've we've had one or two of them before. We've had either one or the other before, yep. and to see your top guys, you know, top talent level play with the effort that they're playing with, I mean, it's fun. And I have to say, even Towns is playing defense, hustling, yep. Yep. isn't complaining on every call. Like somebody finally got through to him because it was much needed because what he was doing wasn't working. It's his ninth year in the league. He's never won a playoff series. You know, he and Ant have both talked about uh, MVPs for one or the other of them. Those awards don't come without you winning. Uh, now, they are regular season awards, but you build your reputation first, and the reputation comes in the playoffs, right? Right, it does. It, it does. I mean, you don't hear people talking that much. about. I mean, unless you're talking about total points in a career, yeah. uh, you don't hear – much about regular season, you know, everybody's measured on how they do, uh, yeah. you know, in the playoffs and, and, and what they, you know, lead their team to. If it's a Western Conference Finals, it's a championship. Everybody wants that. And no, if you're ninth year in the league, you haven't won a playoff game, you're not doing anything too spectacular. Yep. Uh, Vikings uh, beaten this last week, 7-7. Seven and seven. Yep. Uh, How did you think Mullins played? Uh, I, I mean, I think Mullins played like a journeyman backup quarterback. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 
he made some throws that Dobbs couldn't make. I mean, at least he can make some NFL throws. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple key turnovers, you know, yeah. in, in the red zone that, uh, you know, led to a, a loss on a, uh, a game we needed. Now, we stayed in the sixth spot, but you can say that, but with two games against Detroit and the one against, you know, Green Bay coming up, I mean, they, they probably are going to have to go 2-1 and one to make it. I think so, too. Yeah, I think they yeah. need to win two out of three. But I think if they do win two out of the three, they are in. I don't think that uh, that they'll get caught and, and get bumped out. So, yeah, that's the task in front of them is win two out of these last three. Can they do that? Yeah, I, I think they can. And it, the way I, it was kind of stacking up, but they could get uh, they could get Detroit in the first round of the playoffs. Too, I know. Which I thought would be very interesting playing three out of four weeks. I know. never happened in the NFL. Right. Right. I, I'm not a fan of stacking the division games at the end like this, so that makes that a possibility. So I, I, I'm not a really a big fan of three out of four. Uh, that seems like a lot in the NFL. Uh, yeah, so it's got to be Mullins again. You, you don't think they should go to the rookie? or They're certainly not going back to Dobbs, obviously, but they got to stick with Mullins, I, I guess, at this point, don't they? I think they do have to stick with him, and, and I'm okay with it because, like I said, I mean, he can make some NFL throws. Uh, he... You know, he's not a starter for a reason, and now he's our starter. The good news is, in a lot of the rest of the leagues, there's people around their backups also, but, you know, we got, we got some, you know, with, with Goff and then Love playing at the level, we're going to face a, uh, a quarterback that's better than ours the remaining three games. So yep. where else are you going to make up for it? Is it going to be your running game? Well, so far, no, but our defense has played pretty good. Yeah. So our defense is going to have to carry us through these next three games if we're going to uh, make the playoffs, which you know I think everybody hopes we do. A defensive touchdown against the Lions would be nice. If they can get yeah. a pass rush, if you can get Goff uncomfortable, get him what they call yeah. off his spot, you know, knock him down a few times, hit him a little bit early in the game, he can become inaccurate when pressured. Yeah, and, and, and he was one of the top guys last year that when pressured was inaccurate. Yep. Now, they have that Amon Ross St. Brown uh, they have this Laporta, that rookie tight end out yep. of uh, Iowa, who's been just awesome. So he's got some weapons. So in order to succeed, we're going to need to get some pressure on him and make him uncomfortable. Because if he sits back there, he'll pick us apart. Give me a prediction for Sunday's game. <sighs> you know, kind of the optimist. I think I'll go uh, 24-21 Vikes. Oh, that'd be a terrific game. I hope it turns out that way. A last-second field goal uh, for Greg Joseph uh, from less than 50 yards, hopefully, and we'll, we'll take a win. Less there. than 50, exactly. <laughs> Sean, thanks so much. All right, thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us uh, here uh, from Florida on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.